0: Welcome back to True Crimes Untold. I'm your host, Jessica Rodenz. This next episode is on the murder of Bobby Joe Stennett. Under with a garrote wrapped it around her hands and reached down and, and went over her head with it an, and strangled her. KCTV 5 is taking an in-depth look at an old murder that's now back in the nationwide spotlight. Lisa Montgomery is set to be executed in a matter of weeks. Most say she deserves it and point to terrible details in the case. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend. I hope you're all well, happy, and healthy. Isn't it crazy that summer is basically over? I mean, where I'm from, we're still having super hot days and then the nights are a little chilly. Just a little chilly. But it's okay because spooky season is upon us. And you know everybody loves Halloween now. It's like the thing, you know. It's just really in now. I'm a part of that. So, yeah, I should just shut the hell up. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, I should do like a little disclaimer. I probably should have been doing that all along. Um, but it's never too late to start. So if things like rape, torture, abduction, murder, if that kind of stuff bothers you, I would just skip past. Um, but if it doesn't, then welcome. So, this next episode is on the murder of Bobby Joe Stinnett and the woman who killed her, Lisa Montgomery. So, all of the other podcasts and like many documentaries that I've watched or listened to so far about this case, they kind of all start with what happened, the crime, and then they go into like a little bit of back history on uh, the two people involved. I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna talk about the victim, Bobby Joe, not a lot, just a little bit of her background, and then the same with Lisa Montgomery, and then I'm gonna go into what happened. So, yeah, let's start with Bobby Joe Stinnett. So, Bobby Joe was born December 4th, 1981, in Skidmore, Missouri. Bobby Jo was a shy, kind, intelligent, trusting, and she was very protective of her younger brother Tyler. She was a cheerleader in school and she graduated from Noaday Holt High School with honors in May 2000. She lived in the Skidmore area her whole entire life, and on April 26, 2003, Bobby Jo married her childhood sweetheart, Zebulon James Stinnett. That right there is the reason why I like to do details. I like to give a little bit of background about these people because there's so much more to them than what. Happened to them. Uh, like married her childhood sweetheart. Ugh, just so touching, you know, and I want you guys to know that kind of stuff too. So that's why I give um, background on these cases as well. They were very excited. They were expecting their first child and they were saving up for a home of their own. Bobby Jo worked at Earl May Garden Center, which was a pet store and a plant nursery where she loved working with the fish and birds. Bobby Jo then took another job at Kawasaki, sorry, I always want to pronounce that wrong, Kawasaki Manufacturing, which is where her husband Zeb also worked. Bobby Jo and Zeb also ran a dog breeding business called Happy Haven Farms out of their home, and she won prizes across the country on the rat terrier dog show circuit and shared her knowledge of the genetics of breeding with other breeders in online chat rooms. Okay, so let's get into the perpetrator, Lisa Marie Montgomery. She was born February 27th, 1968, Her mother was an alcoholic and drank heavily when she was pregnant with Lisa, which resulted in Lisa being born with permanent brain damage. She was raised in a physically and emotionally abusive home where she was raped by her stepfather and his friends, and she was beaten from the age 11. Ugh, so sad and just sick. Like, I will never understand this, which is a good thing. Like, Why? Why do why would anybody want to do something like that to a child? I don't know, I will just never get it. So Lisa would start to drink alcohol to help her escape from her home life. When Lisa was just 14, her mother found out about the abuse that Lisa was enduring from her stepfather, and she actually blamed Lisa. She threatened Lisa with a gun. Um, she put it to her and basically told her like if she didn't stop, it would be her in trouble. Lisa tried to escape from the abuse by marrying at the age of 18, but her first and second marriages both resulted in further abuse. Lisa had four children before undergoing a tubal legation in 1990. She would falsely claim to be pregnant several times after the procedure according to both her first and second husbands. At the time of Lisa's arrest, it was speculated that her motivation stemmed from a miscarriage she may have suffered and kept it from her family. More speculation followed when her former husband planned to reveal that Lisa had lied about being pregnant in an effort to get custody of her children. It was suspected that Lisa needed to produce a baby in order to counter this charge of habitual lying about being pregnant. Pregnant. When I read that, I, I had to read that like twice. I'm like, wait, wait, what? She has to have a baby to prove that she's not lying to get back her other children. I don't know about that. That sounds a little weird to me. I don't know if like that's what she was telling people, if that's what her husband was telling people. I don't know where they got that from, but it's strange. Okay, so let's move on to how Bobby Joe and Lisa meet. In early April 2004, Bobby Joe Stinnett and Lisa Montgomery got to know each other online since they both shared a love for rat terrier dog breeds. They would talk back and forth about the dog breeds on an online forum called Ratter Chatter. Ratter Chatter. Yeah. Ratter chatter they're rattin' and chattering it up i guess lisa would go on to tell bobby joe that she was also pregnant and the two would message back and forth sharing pregnancy stories lisa told bobby joe that she was interested in buying one of the puppies that was born in the last litter So on December 16th, 2004, Lisa would make the 175 mile trip from her home in Kansas to Skidmore, where she had an appointment to look at the puppies at Bobby Joe's house. But it wasn't Lisa Montgomery that Bobby Joe was expecting, it was a woman who went by the name of Darlene Fisher. Darlene Fisher was the name that Lisa would use when she started to privately message Bobby Joe from a different email address, inquiring about the purchase of one of her puppies. So she's trying to trick her. She's, you know, making her think that she's this other woman who's interested in purchasing a puppy. She sets up an appointment with her. I mean, because this is what Bobby Joe does. This is like half of what she does for, you know, money, what she loves to do. She breeds her dogs and she sells the litters, you know. So, of course, when she's having somebody who she also sees on this Ratter Chatter forum, um, which is uh, specifically for that dog breed, you know, she's probably not going to turn this person away um, if she's not... Having any suspicions to you know what I'm saying, so when Bobby Joe answered her door, Lisa overpowered the pregnant woman, strangled her with a piece of rope, and cut her baby out of her womb using a kitchen knife and Then she fled the scene with the premature baby. Becky Harper, which was Bobby Joe's mother, stopped over to her house to check on her daughter. When Becky walked into the home, she noticed her daughter on the dining room floor laying in a pool of her own blood. She immediately called police and described the wounds inflicted upon her daughter as appearing as if her stomach had explode, exploded. Paramedics were unsuccessful in attempting to revive Bobby Joe, and she was pronounced dead at St. Francis Hospital in Maryville. As police searched the crime scene, they could see that there was no sign of forced entry, and this told investigators that Bobby Joe likely knew her attacker and let them in. There was also evidence that a violent struggle had taken place. It was clear that Bobby Joe had been strangled from behind until she felt. Fell unconscious, and then blood on Bobby Joe's feet indicated that at some point she regained consciousness after her stomach had been cut open. There was so much blood on the floor that it came up in between her toes and soaked into her toenails. The investigators found a chunk of blondish brown hair in Bobby Joe's closed fist and also found defense wounds on her hands indicating that Bobby Joe put up a fight against her attacker. Attacker. Yeah, so just another reason like, you know, why I do these kinds of things. Like I pray on every level that you could pray on that this doesn't ever happen to anybody, but You know, if for some reason you ever found yourself in a situation, just fight. Fight your hardest, you know, pull hair out, dig your nails into their skin. You just need to fight as hard as you can. That way um, there's proof of who this attacker is, you know. But again, I pray that this never happens to anybody out there. So, but, you know, just so you know, like, which I'm sure you already did, DNA, you know. Lisa Montgomery now was on the run with a kidnapped baby. She called her husband, Kevin, that same day around 5.15 p.m., saying that while she was on a shopping trip in Topeka, she had gone into labor and had given birth. The police uh, put out an Amber Alert to enlist the public's help to look for a red Toyota Corolla that was seen in the driveway of Bobby Joe's house earlier that day. The alert was initially denied as it had been not ever used before in an unborn child's case, and thus there was no description of the victim. Eventually, after intervention by Congressman Sam Sam Graves, the alert was implemented, which I was like, yeah, I mean, you should at least put something out to get the public's help because if say like Lisa even just stopped somewhere to clean herself up to clean the baby up and somebody might have seen her um and thought that she was acting suspicious or weird with this newborn baby it was just definitely a good idea to get the public's help so people on the Ratter Chatter Forum started to hear about Bobby Joe's brutal murder, and one of the members came forward to police because they had remembered that the day before the murder, a woman named Darlene Fisher had contacted Bobby Joe about buying a puppy from her. Police then tracked Darlene's IP address to a home in Melvern, Kansas that belonged to Lisa and Kevin Montgomery. On December 17th, police drove to the farmhouse home of Lisa and Kevin, hoping to talk to Darlene. When they arrived, they noticed a red Toyota Corolla in the driveway. So, boom. I mean, obviously it's a popular car, but what are the chances of that? just seems like everything's lining up pretty easily, thankfully for the ratter chatter forum, you know? When police went inside of the home, they find Lisa watching TV and holding a baby named Abigail. Right away, the police noticed a gash over the baby's eye. Lisa told the police the same story that she told her husband the day before. While she was out shopping, she went into labor and gave birth at a nearby birthing center in Topeka to baby Abigail. A witness would later report that on the day of Lisa's arrest, Lisa and her husband Kevin took the infant to a nearby restaurant for breakfast and then they went to the local bank, the courthouse, a convenience store where Lisa worked, all to show off the newborn baby. When Kevin was questioned, he admitted that he wasn't there for the birth of baby Abigail, that Lisa had called him after she had already given birth and asked him to pick her and the baby up from a Long John Silver's parking lot in Topeka, Kansas. She's like, ugh, let me stop and get some Long Johns real quick and then I'll call Kevin and have him pick us up. Kevin told the police that he didn't think anything was strange because he knew that his wife did not like hospitals and doctors. When I read that, I was like, oh, okay. Like, that makes a lot of sense, you know. I mean, at some point, I feel like you're going to have to see somebody. I mean, I know there's – you don't have to go to a hospital. There are birthing centers and stuff. But, like, come on, Kev. Did you go with her during these eight months at all? Like anything, you know? No. But he he didn't think it was weird, you know? So Lisa, then after, after Kevin was done talking to the police, Lisa asked to speak to them alone. So go, Kevin, get out of the room. She then told them that she had actually given birth to Abigail at home, and after she gave birth, she took the placenta and threw it in a nearby river. Because that's just what you do, right? Things just were not adding up, so they brought Lisa to the sheriff's office to question her more. About an hour into the questioning, Lisa's story fell apart and she confessed to everything. Lisa was arrested after her confession. Thankfully, the kidnapped newborn baby was recovered safely and brought back to the father, Zeb. And again, thank you, like, for the Ratter Chatter Forum, because if it wasn't for that lady that came forward right away, who knows, like, what could have, what would have happened. I mean, they could have went even further out of state to another state out of the country who knows but thankfully it all happened pretty quickly where they were able to track that ip address so yeah lisa montgomery was charged with the federal offense of kidnapping resulting in death at a pre-trial, a neuropsychologist testified that head injuries, which Lisa had sustained years earlier, could have damaged the part of the brain that controls aggression. During her trial in federal court, her defense attorneys, led by Frederick Duckhart, told the court that Lisa had pseudosiesis a mental condition that causes a woman to falsely believe she is pregnant and exhibit outward signs of pregnancy. Dr. V.S. Ramachandran and MD William Logan gave expert testimony that Lisa had pseudosiesis in addition to depression, borderline personality disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Both federal prosecutor Roseanne Ketchmark and the opposing expert witness, witness forensic psychiatrist Park Dietz strongly disagreed with the diagnosis of the cytosiesis. On October 22, 2007, jurors found Lisa Montgomery guilty, rejecting the defense claim that Lisa was delusional. I don't think, I think that that cytosiesis sounds more correct, which I feel like could be like a delusional type of condition because it makes you believe that you're pregnant when you're not, that you tell people that you're pregnant. So I don't know. I kind of feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with one another, but they are saying, no, she's not delusional. She knows what she did. Um... Yeah, I mean she made that hundred and seventy-five mile trip and I actually read an article that she made that trip twice. She made it the day before just to make sure, you know, that she was knew where she was going. Um she drove the whole entire way. She did make it to Bobby Joe's home. She turned around, and then the next day, which was the day that she committed the murder, she drove back again. So they're like, no, she's not delusional. She just drove, you know, over 300 miles in two days because she knew what she was going to do, what she wanted to do. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, on October 22nd, 2007, jurors found Lisa Montgomery guilty, rejecting the defense claim that Lisa was delusional. And then October 26th, the jury recommended the death sentence. Judge Gary A. Fenner formally sentenced Lisa to death. And then on April 4th, 2008, a judge upheld upheld the jury's recommendation for death. Lots of like R's and D's in that paragraph. Sorry. On March 19th, 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court denied Lisa's, this is a hard word to say, Sarah Terry. Sarah Terry petition and I wrote down what that was because when I read that I'm like oh what's that so I guess it's pretty rare that it's used and it's when a lower court delivers its records in a case so that the higher court can review it and then make a decision I guess and so I I kind of feel like maybe kind of like a retrial with another court, a bigger court. I don't really know about that stuff. So this is just how I thought it meant. So, but I don't know. But basically she obviously is asking for a retrial against her death sentence Lisa Montgomery was incarcerated at Federal Medical Center Carswell in Fort Worth, Texas, where she remained until she was transferred to the site of her execution. For a long time, Lisa was the only woman with a federal death sentence at Federal Medical Center Carswell. Lisa was scheduled to be executed on December 8, 2020, by lethal injection at the U.S. Penitentiary in Terre Haute, Indiana, but this was delayed due to her attorney's contracting COVID-19. On December 23, 2020, Lisa was given a new execution date of January 12, 2021. Lisa arrived in Terre Haute's death row on January twelfth, and Lisa was executed by lethal injection on January thirteenth, twenty twenty-one, at the United States Penitentiary in Terre Haute, Indiana. When she a- when she was asked if she had any last words, she replied, "No." She was pronounced dead at one thirty-one a.m. Like you can't even say I'm sorry to Zeb, to Becky. Like you asshole, look at how you left poor Bobby Joe for her family to find her. And you can't even mutter the words. I am sorry. You're pathetic. Um, so this is just a little extra, you know, that I found that I thought was interesting. Lisa became the first female federal prisoner executed in 67 years and the first person to be executed in the United States in 2021. Only three other women have been executed by the U.S. federal government. Mary Seward by hanging in 1865, Ethel Rosenberg by electric chair in 1953, and Bonnie Hetty by Gas Chamber also in 1953, which was crazy. Like, there's not many at all, and then there's two in the same year. I'm like, geez, they must have really fucked up. So, yeah. But thank you guys for listening. It is scary that we live in a world where people could commit a crime like this. Like it's sad because this nature versus nurture, this is another case. Like Lisa, look at how she, you know, she was born with brain damage. She was just sexually tortured and raped by the people who were supposed to protect her and then her mother blamed her for that. It's just like it's it's really sad, you know. Obviously, no matter what it's still more sad what she had to go and do as an adult to bobby joe and to bobby joe's family um but i guess like that that's why i cover these cases like this so you can see wow like look at what she grew up in and then look at how she grew up, you know, like what she turned into. But that's not always the case. There's tons, millions of people out there who have gone through many difficulties as children who don't grow up to um, murder and abduct um, babies, you know, newborn babies. So yeah. But anyway, thank you, guys. You can, of course, find me on Spotify. Hit the subscribe button and you'll get notifications with new episodes weekly. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at True Crimes Untold Podcast. And I will see you guys next weekend. Bye.